And now, coming to you live from the grocery room, high above the Coot Street Motel 6, it's Jonathan Strand and Gary K. Wolf with World Fantasy and Chesley Award-winning art director, designer, editor, and publisher Irene Gallo on the Coot Street Podcast! <laughs> oh. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Welcome. We've, we've certainly had a lot of your clients and writers and various other um, participants, so it's, it's good to get to the source and actually ask you some questions, Irene. Oh, well, thank you. I'm honored. It is wonderful to finally have you here, yes. I've got to ask, I've heard your name, I'd heard around your name around the field long before I met you, I'd seen your name on dust jackets, I was aware of things. Going all the way back, how did you get start started in the science fiction and fantasy field? Where did it all begin for you? Um, personally or professionally? Let's start with personally and work our way forward. Personally? Yeah, I um, there actually was sort of that moment. I was uh, I, we lived within biking distance of a little uh, used bookstore, and if you if you bought a paperback for fifty cents, and then if you read it and returned it to them, they'd give you a quarterback. And uh, I remember picking up a book called "I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream" just because of the title. And I got home, uh-huh. and my and I have two older brothers, and one of them was like, "That's too old for you. You can't read that." So of course I was going to read it, and. Uh, and my other, or the oldest of the brothers, he went to uh, Stony Brook University, and Harlan Ellison happened to be speaking there at a convention called ICON, um, just like a week or two after I had this book. So these, it was a very sort of serendipitous thing. But um, I went, you know, I, I read the book. I went to see him speak. It was very transgressive. It felt very sort of grown up to go to this sort of college lecture hall and everything. And that kind of started me into to science fiction. Um, and then, you know, I went to school. I went to, you know, throughout high school, I was into science fiction, but kind of lost it throughout college. And my first job out of college was a small production company that uh, basically made paperbacks out of hardcovers for tour books. It was a, it was a, it was a freelance company, a little tiny, small independent company, but our 90% of our work was tour. And uh, suddenly, were these, mass, were these mass market paperbacks? They were. So I would, you know, I would get in the hardcovers and I would have to sort of redesign them. It was a very, I went to art school and uh-huh. uh, pretty much focused on graphic design sort of midway through. And um, it was in theory a design position, but it was pretty, you know, it was a first job out of school. So it was mm-hmm. basically just uh, typesetting and um, you know, sort of translating these hardcovers into to mass market designs. And um, and suddenly all these names are popping up that I remembered from from earlier on. And uh, uh, I was there maybe six to eight months. And Tor, the the woman who was the art director at the time, said, "Hey, you know, we're growing. I need some help. Do you want to come work for us directly?" So that was '93. And then by '94, mm-hmm. she left the company, and Tom Darty was was pretty much, you know, you've been doing the work so far, so we're going to make you art director. And uh, <laughs> it was a little, uh, you know, it was definitely trial by fire. And he definitely, you know, I owe him so much for, for trust. You know, and he says to this day, it's like, I knew you couldn't do the job then, but I knew, you know, I, I believed you would grow into it. And um, certainly I, I owe him a ton for, for that trust. When you go back to 1993 or 1994, do you remember like, the first books you worked on? I remember, like, you know, the, these names like Piers Anthony showing up and I think like Gordon Dixon, stuff like that. I, I wasn't reading, you know, those particular books at those times, but, but they were definitely, you know, names that I knew. And, um, 
uh, and, you know, because science fiction fantasy was a full series, you very quickly became familiar with, with names going forward at that point. Um, I believe we were probably still doing, we were doing Stephen Bruce at that time. Um, I, I have a vague memory of maybe working on some Stephen Gould books. Um, it's tough to have, it's actually hard for me to remember what was, you know, I, I sort of remember what I knew at what point, but um, well, that was kind that of the point, early. Somewhere along in that period or, or the period when Tom said you were learning how to do the job, you must have picked up what the relationship ought to be with the text of a book and, and what the cover design ought to look like. And that's always fascinated me because, I mean, I've talked to a number of artists who assiduously read through an, a long novel trying to find the one mm-hmm. scene. And others who apparently just want to get a general idea of what it's supposed to be about. Uh. Yeah, and, and you know, in those early days too, it was odd because I'm I was here I was you know twenty nothing years old and and being you know quote unquote an art director and working with somebody like Vincent DeFate who had been in the business you right. know forever and 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 really that's when I learned to sort of you know hire somebody who's really good at their job and get out of their way, um, mm-hmm. let them you know let them do the job that they are very good at doing. Um, which I still very much sort of believe in. Um, but I do think, you know, as, as I sort of learned over the years, we, I think both of those methods are absolutely valid. And I can, you know, and I work with artists that are, you know, it's exactly that. There are artists that's yeah. that like in those two extremes and everything in the middle. Um, and I can't tell you that one is better than the other because what you're, you really are just trying to capture a feeling, a mode, you know, you, you've got a few seconds to capture somebody's attention. And uh, it used to be like the person running through a, a grocery store. Now it's a person scrolling through, you know, online yeah. books or whatever. Um, because even if people are buying print books, they're largely experiencing them online first or, or th- you know, at some point. Um, so, you know, if somebody's really willing to, to read the whole book and get into it, that could be a tremendous help. Um, but on the other hand, it's, it isn't necessary if somebody's particularly good at, at just sort of capturing that mode. Somebody once described the art director's role um, as a casting director to me once, and I, I really feel that that's very... Mm. on point it's it's you're just trying to like cast the right person to get the mood across and um the details is what you read the book for it's it's really fun when you can go back to a cover after you've read the book and see little cues um little clues as to to what's in the book but Mm -hmm. those are second reads those are usually things you understand after the fact and they're really fun to do but they're not sort of essential to the job of of making somebody interested enough to pick it up and then, you know, read the copy, maybe read a couple pages of the book. Mm. Once the person picks up the job, picks up the book, that's my job. And then copywriters and the author themselves, you know, that, that then takes over. See, I only partly believe, believe that. I think you're underselling what you do quite considerably <laughs> because I've seen uh-huh. terrible book covers with great art on them. There's a lot yeah. more to making a really convincing professional looking book cover for a start than the, than than simply getting a great piece of art though that in itself is a a major challenge what do you think goes into making a great cover how do you go about it it does become a, a, a different thing so there i mean there's definitely artists who i love and then there's artists that are you know really effective at, at making you know a commercial object mm. and that's um uh and i try to make that overlap as much as possible in my job but in the end we are making you know, we're making a thing that is not just the artwork. It's the artwork plus the type plus, you know, everything else that's involved. Um, so you're making, you know, I hate to use the word product, but you're trying to make a, a, a thing that is communicating a, uh, an idea very quickly. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, 
And so, yeah, you know, you, you could have a really beautiful piece of artwork that's just too involved, doesn't work well quickly. Is you know, you, you can have something that you you like more to put on your wall than would be an effective cover. Um, and that's you know, those are hard lessons to learn as you, as you go. Um, but hopefully, you do I guess learn that's, them. Yeah, that's something that's always fascinated me, especially about science fiction, because um, I, I, I should say, as, as you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a reviewer and um, and and Tom Doherty, who I adore as much as everybody else, and I think he we all follow a great deal, reminds me every time I see him, 20 times now, that what you do <laughs> is much more important than what I do. Um, he will say, uh, you know, and he's, he's been very uh, – it's it's both scary and generous when, when he'll say it's it's one of the hardest jobs in publishing because you know, he'll be. say like – yeah, I mean, you know, to understand a marketing program, you have to, you know, sort of get into the nuts and bolts of it to to like or not like the book. You have to have read it. But anybody can come walking down the hallway and out of the corner of their eye, they can see what I'm working on and uh, right. and have an opinion. And um, as I said, it's it's both scary and generous of him to, to sort of remind me of that uh, as well. Um, and it's true, I, you know, I, I but it's it's also a lot of fun. And um, well, but, but it is the, it is. Oh, go sorry. ahead. I was just I'll finish what you were say. The in terms of like its importance, um, you know, obviously knowing the author is the most important thing. If you have Stephen King, people know Stephen mm-hmm. King; they want to pick up that book. But if you don't have that, you have a debut or somebody who's, who's less known. Really, the the first impression is that cover. And, um, so, mm-hmm. it's you know, if if they dig deeper, they're they're digging deeper into reviews and and copy and you know, again, maybe reading a couple pages, but. Um, so it is, it is the introduction that most people have to uh, to a book on in most cases outside of you know a big name author. But to go back to what Jonathan was just saying about having really good art on on badly designed books, there's a there's a big difference between the design of a cover and the art that appears on a cover, mm-hmm. isn't there? I mean, uh, there is, and that's. Um, and to and, and paying a lot of attention to that, and I think. Um, that is something I was very uh, excited about when I first came into Tour 2 is that I went to this very sort of serious art and design school. I went to Cooper mm-hmm. Union, which had this very, you know, sort of um, very, a fairly prestigious design um, department. And it was sort of fun to take then. And we never really worked with artwork, with illustration. And so to, to fall back and, and sort of remember that I loved illustration because in high school I used to follow various children's books because those were the children's books illustrators because those are the people you knew those were the people that had names attached to them like Leo and Diane Dillon um, uh, I used to love to like find paperbacks with their covers on them oh, yeah. um, and uh, so it was fun again to like you know sort of rediscover that after four years of being in this more austere sort of environment uh, and to bring, you know, a, a, a sense of, you know, pretty strong sense of design to that and realizing when I could elevate something and when I'm just getting in the way. You know, sometimes you just want to let the artwork kind of do its thing and sometimes it's a re- it's a much greater collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I have a couple of uh, staff designers who are just fantastic and they're all very astute to typography and it's, it's really fun to, like, go into the minutia of that while working on a project. You've been designing for Tor for a long time and been art director for a long time. Over that period of time, have you felt that you're going about developing a distinct approach to art for Tor books and uh, graphic design, book design for Tor books? And what's the underpinning for that, if there is? 
Kind of, you know, I do. I definitely want, um, you know, it's not that there's a tour look, because I do believe that every book is its own thing. You know, you don't, you don't want to sort of impose a, a tour, you know, quote-unquote tour look on, on every book, because each book should sort of appeal to its own audience. Um, but I think it can't help to have a sensibility. And, um, but, you know, we do sort of, you know, we, we, we publish so many books in so many different styles and so many different audiences that I do try to um, be cognizant of that. And, and really, you know, you want as broad an audience to come to the book as possible, but you also don't want to lie about the book. You know, you want to, mm-hmm. um, if you bring somebody who won't like that particular book to it, all they're going to do is be annoyed and not buy the second book. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so it's so in a, in a way, I hope that there's a level of, that there's a level of quality that goes across. Um, you know, we always aim for it, whether or not we always succeed. You know, you always try, but I but I also don't want to say that they you know it has to fit in a mold to be a tour book. Hopefully, each book is its own, you know, is its own thing, its own experience. Although I have to say, I was I was going to say that. I, I completely agree about tour books in general, but it's my sense that there is a kind of look to the tour.com paperbacks. Mm. Um, they all seem to have prominent titles. They're all rather, I don't know, distinguished looking, I gather. Uh, there's, <laughs> uh, there's a, I appreciate that. Well, I have no, a, uh, I, I, that. Some people would not take that as a compliment. Uh, uh, there's, there's nothing no. sensational about them. They look literary. They look important. Well, I, I will take that as a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> the tour, the tour.com stuff is um, is is unique. Uh, I do have a, an associate art director who's fantastic, Christine Falter, that um, that that takes on the brunt of that work. And um, but I did as I was hiring her, I said, you know, you're going to wind up with a publisher who's going to be very involved in in the covers for the obvious reasons. And uh, we have a, a really good time sort of working together on them. But what's nice is that we're such a we're the Toracom Publishing is a publishing company in in miniature. Um, mm-hmm. I've got one marketing person, one um, publicity person. I am, you know, the associate publisher. It's very direct. We don't have a lot of meetings that we need to, you know, sort of go through. There's not. I've, you know, I'm I'm working very closely with the editors. Um, so it's a little, you know, in, in a sense, it's um, it's it's maybe a little bit more purely uh my instincts plus you know christine's plus the artists themselves um at least that's what what we try to do certainly the the tour.com short stories that appear on the site and that's even more pure that's just me and the artist and the and the short story that is there is absolutely nothing else that's going on in those we we by necessity have to do those in a very streamlined way, and I have to say that those are like it's 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 like a the candy that Macmillan has given me uh, mm-hmm. that that I could just read these amazing short stories brought in by this like dream team of editors, um, and just I read them, think about what artist you know that I want on it, and call them, and that's the end. I look at the sketches; nobody else does really, um, and so that's a very pure just me reacting to the words plus the artist and right. um well that really is a real streamlined yeah. gallery of of contemporary illustration isn't yeah it, it is and it, it, as i said it kind of has to be in order for us to get that much work done uh, amongst all the other you know stuff we're doing it can't you know it's it's uh it's not 
it's not all me being very, uh, you, know, you know, sort of controlling of that process. But um, in order, to, we can't just go through a lot of repro- approval processes and, and still do that, plus the novellas, plus the regular, mm-hmm. you know, uh, tour books. So, Does it sort of become part of your audition process for an artist you're interested in working in with? It can. I, I have to say, I thought it would more so when we started, but I, I very quickly realized um, that short fiction is just so fundamentally different that, than novels are. And it's funny, like I sort of came full circle. As I said, I sort of started with Harlan Ellison and, uh, and I do sort of appreciate how problematic his writing can be at, at this point. But, um, but he's definitely was my gateway drug into this. And I started with short fiction and to have hmm. sort of forgotten that for a long time and then come back to it and realize, Oh my God, I love short fiction. <laughs> like it is my favorite thing. And, um, um, and so <clears throat> while I thought like and when we were sort of developing what will tour.com be, I was like, oh, this would be great. I'll get to work with a lot of like artists that we can sort of, you know, um, see, you know, as, as you said, like a, almost a minor leagues to, to see if we want to work with them on covers. I do do that for sure. But um, I just found that there's a tremendous amount of artists that I can work with on short stories and just may never really quite be appropriate for novels or wouldn't often be like yeah. there, there's definitely mm-hmm. some people I get really excited when I can sort of push that work. And that does happen to a degree. Um, the more people get used to seeing it, um, seeing just sort of more, a broader range of styles and more they get used to seeing it on the site. I think people then start to accept it more in a more commercial vein. Um, but it's, you know, I, I, but I can sort of indulge that more often on the site than I can on a, on a cover, which we're a lot, you know, which to be fair, a lot more is riding on. Nobody has to buy the short story on the site. The site is a whole thing. It's the whole magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the book, you know, you're, it's, it's an author's career. It's the book. People have to buy the book. You know, you have to be much more um, sort of commercially minded, uh, legitimately so. so. It, it does strike me that where the kind of illustrative and graphic approach for tour books is very clear and well-defined. The graphic approach for tour.com publishing does seem to more naturally grow out of what you see on tour.com. Was that a deliberate thing? Do you think that's a fair description? I think it's fair, and I do think it, it was kind of deliberate in that I figured it was a thing that sits between the two, right? So I, I did think that it would sort of fall between the two. And um, and they are, you know, it, it, we have been very fortunate to have a lot of really tremendous uh, books. You know, thank you, Jonathan. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think we're reacting. Because it is such a small team, it's a tight team. I think it's because, you know, because they're shorter than the average book, um, we, you know, more people, just about the entire team has read every book, and uh, and the artists can, you know, even if you're not the kind of artist that would read, you know, a 300,000, you know, word epic fantasy, mm-hmm. you, you probably will if it's a 25,000 word, mm-hmm. uh, you know, story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that there's a lot of emotional involvement Um that that's just very gratifying, and I, as I say, I, I sort of thought, oh, this this should sort of be the the thing between the the short fiction that's on the site and and the novels, and I, I think that that's kind of playing out. We were talking yeah. earlier about how you're working on tour books, <laughs> and obviously, at some point, tour, and I think it was with 
Patrick Nielsen Hayden, Therese Nielsen Hayden, and a team of people decided to put together and develop the Tor.com online community and website. When did you become involved with that, and what was your role? Um, I was involved from the beginning. It was, you know, it was one of these stories. The the, um, <coughs> the publisher of, of Tor.com is, uh, is a guy named Fritz Foy, and he's, I forget, he's got some very fancy title that I should know, but he's an executive mm-hmm. VP of Macmillan something something technology. Um, and he just came to the Tor Christmas party, um, it must have been 2006 or seven, with a bunch of magazines, and he pulled Patrick, Teresa, and I aside. And he was like, we could do this. Like, we could, you know, we'll have conversations, we'll have essays, we'll have reviews. And, you know, and it was really like one of those, like, I'll make the costumes, you know, I'll make the scenery. Um, I thought, like, oh, great, I, like, I'll get to hire. I, at that point, I sort of figured my role would be um, – art directing for the short stories and Patrick was going to mm-hmm. deal with uh, uh, the acquiring short fiction and helping with the essays. Um, and Teresa was going to help with all of the above. And, and we were going to hire um, a, a sort of webmaster or, you know, I don't even know what we were calling it at that point to sort of put it all together. Cause we were all doing this as a, as an interesting project. Macmillan has always been really good about, um, sort of funding experiments and, you know, there's a good sort of R&D attitude, like, all right, if you can make a case for something, we'll, we'll give you some money to, to try to figure it out. And um, and so pretty much right from the beginning, but it, it was it was definitely, you know, sort of one of the, the, the stakeholders, but I was not running it at that point. And uh, it took us about a year and a half just to get it. You know, we for the first six months, eight months, you know, we were it was still kind of the, the dream. And then... <laughs> we started more seriously nailing it down and figuring out what exactly it would be. So it, it took, <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting a little bit cold. <clears throat> it took us until 2008 to, to launch it. And we definitely had uh, various sort of like webmasters, again, whatever the term was at that point, um, for a couple of years. I can't remember when I sort of then stepped in. But I was sort of the most involved because I then, you know, I didn't really think of it much, but we became the, um, my department. And I have one particularly, you know, talented designer, Jamie Stafford Hill, who's just phenomenal. And he really sort of stepped in and, and took over the, the design of the site itself, which is not something I really thought about much until we got into it. Um, uh, and he just did a tremendous job with that and really thinking through the logic of it and, um, suddenly it's a kind of design that nothing stays still. Nothing's where you think it's going to be. Like it just sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, everything that I'm used to controlling just goes away. Um, so well, when did, um, um, how, I'm sorry? how did the, how, how, I was going, I was going to uh, move on, but if you want to finish, yep. I want to no, know no, at no, some no. point uh, how the, the idea of tour.com print books came out of all this. That, um, you know, it wasn't too long ago now. It was, what, two, two three years, I guess, three years? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we've been publishing for two, so we were working on it about a year, year and a half before that. It was kind of just like, what's the next step? You know, what, what is tour? We're coming up on our 10th anniversary next year. Um, and uh, it, it I, I, you know, I think it was largely Fritz again who was, who was pushing that and, uh, which is, you know, what, what can we do next? And, uh, and just sort of looking back on 
older paperbacks that used to be 200 pages. They didn't, you know, they didn't all have to be 800 page, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and could we sort of experiment with that? And so we decided we would, um, you know, give it a try and we, you know, we'd hire an editor or two and we'd, we'd give it some real marketing, um, you know, somebody to market it, somebody to, to publicize it. And, uh, so we put together this this little team, and and it's definitely you know we're only two years into it. It feels like we're still brand new, um, but we're definitely ahead of schedule. We're we're, we're you know we're ahead of where mm-hmm. we thought we'd be with it, and it's been really exciting. So, um, well, actually, to step back because I think we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Yeah. What I want to sort of talk mm. about for a second is the Tor dot com phase because it seems to me that what Tor dot com did for Tor dot com publishing. Was it built a community of yeah. readers, of commenters, of involved people who had a stake in the idea of Tor.com? And it seems to me that yes, was yeah. be able to move forward. And how important has that been? It is uh, tremendous. I mean, we, we do, you know, um, you know, we don't have huge budgets for this. So I, I am really, again, it's just not to keep praising Macmillan, but um, they were, you know, were smart enough to give us enough money to, to put, people and man hours behind things, but we don't have huge budgets besides that. Uh, we have some, um, for them to, for them to work with, but building that direct to consumer, you know, sort of voice and really building that trust over, you know, the last eight years, um, nine years <coughs> was, I think huge for this. I think it built a, you know, we, we depend a lot on sort of community, um, trust, you know, just to say, Hey, you know, if they're putting out a, a, a book, it, you know, we think we've, there's a chance we might like it, and and um, and and sort of word of mouth is huge for us, and um, and so yeah, I think that was a, a building that community um, and building that trust and building that, uh, and yeah, we we've got email lists that are now gigantic, sure. and that all helps mm-hmm. us out um, over the years. So so that was definitely part of that. And, and I guess it's really important, and this seems to be what you're saying in a sense, Mac- Macmillan give you if you can make an argument for it is having room to play at work basically to experiment it to is, try yeah. to do different things because i mean you've basically on paper you've been doing the same job for 20 years right it's yeah. not the same job at all is it <laughs> no no not at all um and that is that is fantastic because it you know yeah i was at tour for you know, many years, and and even that evolved. As I said, you know, I was a kid with no experience, and suddenly I had you know all this stuff, and tour itself was was growing. And then as soon as things sort of calmed down for a little while, um, then we start tour.com, you know, and then that's you know it's, we learn that, and as soon as that, just about where that starts to become sort of okay, this kind of runs not automatically, but you know, you sort of know what you're going to do in the morning. Uh, then suddenly we start a new thing. So yeah, it is, it is really fun. And, you know, we, um, um, tour, Mar- uh, Marco Palmieri and, uh, Jen Gunnels just started an audio mm. podcast of, uh, Steal the Stars and it's a, you know, fiction podcast. And, mm-hmm. you know, they pretty much did the same thing. They were like, Hey, we, we think we can do something with this. We think it, you know, here's the plan. Here's how we think it'll work. And, you know, and they said, okay, let's, let's try it. So, um, it's, uh, it's a good place to work that way. So take us back three year, years then. You're at that time where Tor.com is well-established. Uh, obviously, it is valued within Tor Macmillan, and yet it's not a presumably a major revenue stream in and of itself, despite its value. 
Right. You turn around and you look to possibly doing Tor.com books. What was the, the feeling on how to approach it? The surveying of what made it, what might make it successful, given that up until that point, it seems to me, there hadn't been a great model for creating small, successful books. Um, excuse me. Um, I think, you know, we wanted to try many things. So we were, and, um, you know, as, as Fritz would call us, we were sort of the Petri dish. Um, some of it was just technical. We wanted to try to streamline, and this is the thing too, like part of the, the deal is like, okay, you, you get this imprint to play with, but you're also going to test out a lot of these things. And that's, that's part of our role, which is just, you know, we wanted to try a new production system that would help streamline things. And so we're the, they're the guinea pigs. We're the ones that have to figure it out, have to troubleshoot it. We have to live with it for a while and, you know, see, we can say, okay, this, this works or this doesn't work. This is scalable. Maybe it works on our scale, but doesn't. So we're, you know, there's new contract systems. So some of it was just giving, uh, you know, is just sort of figuring things out and being a, a testing ground for, for Macmillan as a whole. Um, some of it was just being able to say to authors like, hey, we can, you know, how attractive is it when we say we can publish a book in nine months instead of two years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how attractive is it to say, <coughs> write something, you know, that doesn't take up you know, a year of your time, but can, you know, um, and, and just being, you know, very, and, and then to readers, like if we could publish more quickly and be a little bit more just sort of responsive and, uh, and just testing things and playing with things. And, and I think that was, a um, a big part of, you know, the, you know, there are many sort of goals with it. You, you talked about tour.com, the website being a bit of a, a um, you know, a, a minor lease for the, artists but now we we can we have much we're we can be much more flexible with debut authors slash authors we've you know published any number of people that we've found um with open submission periods um so we can you know we can sort of afford to to play around and 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 be a little riskier in those areas uh so there's any number of missions that that it has and uh so far it's been working there's always been successful novella lines in the field to some degree. The novella's always been a key part of, of science fiction and fantasy and you can look back, Tor itself published you know, novella doubles back in I think the 1990s. Yes, um, yeah. 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 Imprints like PS Publishing, like Subterranean Press, like Tachyon have done various things. But it strikes me that the core of it over the last 25 years while I've been watching it tends to have been more of a limited edition market. How did you look to turn that into something that could be commercially appealing, and has it met that kind of a test for you? It, I mean, we, as I say, we we are definitely ahead of where we thought we would be for sure. So you know, it. Um, so the answer to that is is it has you know been successful in that way. And we just basically just said they're books. We're just gonna call them books. We're, you know, we, we and that was you know I kind of sweated it out. Um, in the beginning, like, are they going to be seen more as short fiction or are they going to be seen as books? Because we just wanted to put them out there. They're the size of, you know, many of the great American novels anyway. Um, and put, you know, put a slightly more commercial packaging on them than, than the website, but hopefully, you know, it could still sort of be, it's more, again, just you know, related. Yeah, I know, uh, yeah. You, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you, you said that because you, you mentioned earlier that you were talking about it and remember, some people were remembering that a lot of paperbacks were, 
no longer than what we would now call mm-hmm. novellas. And I've, I've often suspected that, uh, as you say, it's, it's not an issue when you're talking about something like The Old Man and the Sea. I, I right. wonder if our field has become obsessed with this division between novels and novellas and novelettes because of awards categories. Oh, um, certainly. And, you know, and we're conscious of that, too. But, um, you know, um, I sort of love the horse race of the, the awards and then sort of forget about it the next day. Um, yeah. But, um, but we really just, you know, as we, we just figured we'll just put them out there. And as I said, I did kind of sweat it out before we launched, and I was very uh, grateful that as soon as we launched, um, Publishers Weekly just started reviewing them immediately. And in fact, they named yeah. our first book was Kai Shante Wilson's Source of the Wild Eves, mm-hmm. and they named huh. it like one of the most you know looked forward to books of the fall. Or you know, so we got we we were immediately sort of stamped as you know the, these are books like any other books, and that, yeah. that was a huge sigh of relief for me. And, that, and then we just never looked back on it. Well, what's the process, to the extent that that you can talk about it, for acquiring a a Tor.com novella? How do you identify what seems like a good idea to go with? And then how do you package it and get it out into the world? Um, As I said, we have two um, sort of full-time editors, Lee Harris and Carl Engelaird. And um, and then we have, as I say, this dream team. <clears throat> of excuse me, consulting editors, um, Jonathan of course, and Vandermeer, mm-hmm. Ellen Datlow, um, and basically anybody you know when they find a book, I you know it's, it's not it's not terribly unlike any other publishing house really. It's just again just maybe a little bit more streamlined, a little quicker. Uh, when they find a book they like, they come talk to me. Um, we talk about it, and you know if there's either consensus or, or if there's not consensus, you know I go up to to my boss and just say, hey, you know, this I you know we believe really strongly in this. We're a little iffy on that, but we feel like it has you know these you know the, these things going for it, um, and we just sort of make a decision um, based on that. And uh, and pretty much, you know, it, what's what's nice too is is we have what we call the get out of jail free card, which is, you know, if somebody really believes in something and nobody else like kind of gets it, if they truly mm-hmm. want to just say like I want to champion this, um, then then we'll we'll sort of allow that to go through, um, uh, which is very nice as well. Like as I say, it's it's um, there's a lot. I think we get a lot out of the team because there's a tremendous amount of, of personal investment. Um, and I think having people knowing that, you know, if there's something that they just really believe in, um, knowing that they can work on that project is, is a big part of that. I've certainly found that with some of the things that we've done, the things which, yeah. have, come, which have come through. And I have felt that they have been edge cases, but wonderful kind of things to do. And they've come, you know, they've come through and they've come off. I mean, I'm thinking about things like when I first heard about the idea for the Dream Quest of Velvet Bow by Kids Johnson. I'm kind right. of going, am I really going to be able to sell the idea of, <laughs> you know, an inverted retelling of the Dream Quest of on Kadath? That doesn't really sound like the best idea. Never, <laughs> never mind. I mean, Time Was, which is coming out next year, the Ian McDonald oh, book. I love that book. I love both of these books. <laughs> uh, which really was a struggle. Um, and which, on paper, in some ways, you know, you, I could see how it could have been a tough sell, but it just worked out brilliantly. You know, take it, you know, getting it out into the world. I, I guess what I wonder about is, do you think that the success of Tor.com publishing reflects a difference in how people are reading that right now? 
Um, I don't know. I don't know if, um, you know, the, 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 the being able to read something a little bit more quickly, not, mm. you know, I, I don't know if, if that's new to people and they're sort of enjoy, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, short attention spans, being, having to fight against video games for, for leisure time and all that. Um, maybe that is, um, uh, maybe that's helping us or, or maybe that people are sort of rediscovering, uh, that it doesn't need it. But I, I don't know. I think people like what they like. I think people like both, you know, all lengths. I think if it's the, we, we sort of say that Tor.com's, you know, stories at their right length, and um, hopefully the story itself drives that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 w- I would say it's a little too early in the process to say that it could change the way people are reading. But um, definitely we hear sort of more anecdotally, anecdotally, like, oh, we're really falling in love with, you know, I'll hear reviewers and things like, wow, these are so great. I, I would like to attribute that just to the, the writers and, and the, the really tremendous work that we've somehow or another been able to, to attract to us um, rather than assu- that ass- or anything I'm assuming like that. The, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm assuming the writers love this because the writers I've talked to see this as an opportunity to, to do a number of things. If, they, if, if they're working on a novel that won't be done for a few years, they can have a book out that, that yes, tells yeah. people I'm still here. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and again, like the many missions we sort of started out with, one of them was also that, you know, if you're known for doing, you know, space opera, maybe you want to try a fantasy, you know, and mm-hmm. we can kind of give people the space to 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 try. You know, I know Nettie Okorfor said she didn't want to do a big space opera um, on, a, on a novel length, but she she felt much more comfortable jumping into that as a as a novella. And then Binti happened mm-hmm. and, you know. It's um, been tremendous. So it's that is also part of like what we thought we could, you know, hopefully offer authors when we started this was the chance to do something quickly, but also do something maybe a little off their their usual mm-hmm. the usual thing. Do you see a consistent breakdown in Tor.com publishing's readers between digital and print readers? And does that compare with the breakdown with your with Tor books kind of? Breakdown between digital and print. It's fairly consistent, and it's pretty much the opposite uh, of tour. Um, we're probably, you know, if very roughly most of, most people, most books are seventy percent, thirty percent ebooks. We're probably the reverse. A lot of that is our distribution model. Um, we uh, because most of the books are print on demand. Um, they we, we do have to be fairly conservative with how many print books we get out there. Um, the kind of returns model is is mm. much more detrimental to us than it is on a, on a larger scale. Um, and because of so much of our, our sort of word, again, we're, we're dealing with a whole lot of word of mouth review. We're very sort of publicity heavy. Um, uh, I'm very proud of how many New York Times reviews we get and just sort of the bigger, you know, sort of bigger outlets. Um so we're we're more, uh, I think, reliant on word of mouth and and bloggers and things like that, um, and that may be pushing more digital. But it's it's also part of the model is is to be a little conservative on on print. So it's pretty much the reverse of of what Tor is. I guess the reason that I wanted to ask that question though was because what that does is that says that the predominant. Um, group of readers you're finding are purchasing these these you know tour.com books at an old clo- closer to what was an old paperback kind of a price point 
Mm-hmm. And that's got, I mean, and the paperback largely, the mass market paperback is a very different thing to what it was 20, 30 years ago. It's largely right. changed. It seems to me that this is one of those places now where you can do some of what mass market paperbacks used to do. I mean, I'm thinking how back in the day when I came along into the field, you know, Ace Books could put out the newest Ace Science Fiction Specials. They could put out half a dozen novels in in a 12-month period by new writers who were essentially untested, and people could buy them and try them because they weren't a significant investment. It seems that these books have that same kind of value to them. They can be an entry point. Absolutely, and and the fact that... um Excuse me, I just totally lost my train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's it's a lo- and the fact that people can read them in an afternoon, maybe two, you know, is, is, is hopefully that you know. And we did. We were hoping in the beginning that people would kind of, you know, want to read the line, you know. And we figured we had a little bit of a honeymoon period where people were like, "What are they going to do with this? We're not sure." you know, where this is going to go. And they might read, you know, because it's a Tor.com novella, they might check us out. Um, I didn't think that that would last too long before people then just, you know, got attached to various different authors the way you normally do. Um, But I definitely think, you know, as I said, it's more anecdotal and it's just sort of being on Twitter and listening in on on, um, conversations. But uh, there are people that that say, well, if it's a Tor.com novella, I'll give it a shot. And I think that's the price point and the, and the, um, the length of time investment that goes into it, they might give a book a shot that they might not have um, at that. Like, again, like a mass market, you can pick it up. It's not quite the investment that a, hard, a new giant hardcover would be. I mean, certainly I know that, you know, well, I read uh, Akadi by Dave Hutchinson, which Lee Harris acquired, I think, yep. which I, which yes, I loved, yeah. right? And I, I bought the physical book because it's so pretty, right? Mm-hmm. I love like that. to hear that. I love that cover. Right? <laughs> oh, but, great! I mean, it's one of a batch, but I love that one. Mm. And I could see how, given that Dave had not been as widely known, particularly in the North American market as maybe he was in the UK market, being able to put out a spectacular-looking four four dollar ebook as opposed to a seventeen dollar mm-hmm. paperback makes a huge difference. What, yeah. Actually, what, what that takes to me actually for a second, and I've, I've been meaning to ask: when you go through your design process and your consideration for art and illustration and designing these, these beautiful small books. How important is it that the art scales digitally for online marketing then? That's, I mean, it, it's important. This is a conversation I have with a lot of people, you know, people now because of buying books online, everybody says the thumbnail, the thumbnail. I keep, saying that the thumbnail always existed. You walk into a bookstore, you're standing, you know, six feet away from it. You're always looking mm-hmm. at a hundred books all at once. There's always been the thumbnail. So I kind of resist this idea that like, Oh, we have to design for the thumbnail. I'm like we've always been designing for the thumbnail. Um, it's not a very popular opinion in house, but the, I, I, uh, I sort of feel like if it's a good design, it's a good design. Um, it should scale up or down regardless. And I don't, yeah, there isn't much that I've personally done to say like, Oh, let's change this because it's going to be a thumbnail on, on Amazon. But I, I just think if it's strong enough, it's, it's strong enough. Sometimes, you know, I don't know. I, yeah, it hasn't really come up yet at okay. least on, on, on the books there. So. What's the biggest surprise you've had doing tour.com publishing? Um, 
It's uh, it's really been a lot of fun. I don't think that's surprising, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's a tremendous amount of fun. Um, I'm surprised. You know, we 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 sort of another thing that we do is is we offer two different contracts to to authors. Um, one has a, a slightly higher royalty rate with no advance. The other is a, t- a more traditional advance plus royalties. Um, I'm surprised how many people go for the mm-hmm. no advance. I think um, uh, I figured you know if it's an established author that makes a lot of sense. Um, but uh, even the the sort of more emerging authors are also going that way. And I think that's them betting on their career in the long run. Um, and that's been, you know, not a huge surprise, but I, I think those numbers are, are diff- those averages are, are much different than we assume they would be. Um, I don't, I you know, it's... Oh, go sorry, ahead go and ahead. finish. Oh, oh no, finish I was going to say it's it's been a. I was just going to say it's been, been just been a tremendous ride. I feel like we're still like just out of the gate. So, it's uh, as I say, it's been two years, but that that went by pretty fast. So, <laughs> I guess my question was going to be if if there's if, if this is entirely my impression, um, partly from reading a lot of these and talking to people, that there might be a greater opportunity. For, for a kind of crossover audience for these things. For example, Jonathan mentioned, for example, that Dave Hutchinson doesn't have a big uh, North American readership, but getting into right. that through a novella is a way of doing it. I know Ellen Clages's Passing Strange got read by a lot of people as a queer romance who normally right. wouldn't read science fiction or fantasy at all. And Jeff Ford, who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, is not known for writing haunted house stories, but here he is. And maybe right. now the haunted house people will discover Jeff Ford. Yeah, it's a tremendous book. Uh, yeah, and you know, and we're also global, so we, you know, we are always really excited when we see our bookstores in various other countries. We were, you know, we we're Helsinki mm-hmm. for the uh, for the World Con, and uh, I went up to Norway after that. And there was a bookstore in Oslo that had a bunch of our novellas, not just you know. Right. We're used to. I always go and look for Binti because I'm like, if they if they're gonna have one, they'll have Binti. Uh, yeah. But they had they had a ton of them, and I, you know, it was really exciting. Uh, and every once in a while, you know, we'll get pictures on Twitter, like, hey, look, I saw this book, and you know, wherever. Uh, so we are global, and that, that has also been sort of been fun and interesting. Um, but yeah, we you know we're, we're just we could just take more chances, and that's uh, again we're sort of designed to do that, and um, again that hopefully attracts some authors to us if if they sort of feel sort of you know like they their bigger projects require them to to stick to um, a subgenre. Mm-hmm. We we can be sort of an outlet for that. So um, and 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 perhaps the line, to whatever degree people are still seeing the line as as a thing, you know perhaps we can introduce people to subgenres that they, they might not have tried. But, you know, if they trust Tor.com publishing, if they like the price, you know, they're not investing in the price point, mm-hmm. they're not investing in the time, all those things come back and they could say, okay, well, I'll, I'll give this Jeff Ford a try when normally I wouldn't read that. So, so what's next for Tor.com publishing? I mean, I see that you're doing these small books, which I, I know you experimented with a couple of years ago, I think, at World Fantasy when you did editions of Wakala Springs and yes, Kaisha yeah. Wilson. And, and that was another example. Yeah. yeah, that was another example of Tor.com publishing being the, the testing grounds. And there it was really just figuring it out. How much is it really going to cost us? Can we get these things printed? Where do we need it? You know, really a lot mm-hmm. of it just comes down to the nuts and bolts of, of production and everything else. So we did those two. And actually of the, of the five or six that we just published, most of them are tour books. They're, they're John Scalzi and Ender's Game and a couple others. Um, one of them was a Charlie Jane Anders short story collection that came from Tor.com Publishing. It was just a little collection of her short stories that have appeared on the site. Um, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and so, there, yeah, so now those are out in the world in a more commercial way, and we'll, we'll see. They just came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so hopefully they, they do well, and, uh, and we'll be able to do more of them. Um, what's next? I, you know, we, we, we just hired another um, uh, junior editor. We just started a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, um, and I think, you know, we thought a bit about how much we want to expand or not expand. And I think it's just wanting to always hone in on, on getting better and better books mm-hmm. and just more exciting projects. And um, I still think we, we have a lot of settling to do just from, again, like, you know, we've been working on it three years, but it's, uh, as I said, still feels pretty, pretty new to yeah. us, I think. And, and it is a new team. It, you know, I've, I've gone from art director to suddenly associate publisher. These complete, there are things that I have heard about, <laughs> my entire adult life that were never my responsibility. So I'm like, tip sheets, how do you make, like I've lived with tip sheets my whole life, but how do now, now I need to make a tip sheet. Like, how do you do that? So, you know, it's a bunch of people um, that are sort of thrown into, to a deep end and, uh, and we're all just kind of figuring it out together. So, and I think, I think we're doing a good job of it, but uh, definitely there's a whole lot to learn. And uh, I think two, three years from now, we'll understand how little we knew <laughs> at this point. So um, I, I, I think there's a whole lot to, for us just to learn internally and just always do things better. A question I've wanted to ask. I mean, you're the art director for Tor. You're the associate mm-hmm. publisher for Tor.com Publishing. What's a typical day like for you? Uh-huh. It's not so. It's not so bad as it seems. People are always like, "Oh my god, he must be insane." Um, at this point, um, I only do the you know the quote unquote front list for tour. So again, so much of science fiction fantasy is series. Um, so I'll do the book ones basically, or the standalones. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get to book two, book three, you know, especially by book three, you know the artist, you know the look. Um, so at that point, I'm, I'm sort of handing it off to to another team, and when you really look at that, like I'm only working on anywhere between like 10 to 20 books a season for tour books. It's not many, um, really. Uh, I'll hold on to a series for, for an extra <laughs> book or two if I just particularly like working, you know, with the artist and the editor and everything else. Um, but really, you know, w- once the look is down, I, I should be moving on. And that's so that actually is quite manageable. Outside of that, it's it's the different between being an art director for tour and running the website, certainly the, 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 the timing on everything is so different. Publishing just works in these long seasons and you're working on things, you know, a year and a half ahead of time. If, you know, um, many, many meetings spread out over many, many months. And then the website is, it's got an hourly deadline. You know, you're mm-hmm. just, you have yeah. absolutely no idea what your day is when you walk in that morning. Um, and luckily there's a tremendous team there that really like works on the day to day for that too. in the hour by hour, um, I've got a guy, uh, Chris Lowe, who's, who's the content director. And he really, he looks at each day, um, and each week and says, okay, we need, we need more of this. We're heavy on that. Let's, you know, let's shift this over. And then, you know, I sort of help sort of, you know, nudge it one way or the other and, and sort of say, well, okay, on a broader scale, we should be worth thinking about these things and those things. But this is, I always say it's it's just having a tremendous staff, and you just yeah. again, just like I said, with like working with the artists, you just hire really good people and let them let them do their job. Um, and so, so there's those two things work on such different timescales that it's actually not too hard to to juggle them. 
throwing in the novella thing, um, <laughs> that that sort of is, is again, is right <laughs> in between. Uh, our schedules are much quicker than, than tour books, but they're not quite as quick. So it's, it's the thing that's in between. And um, keeping up with the reading is difficult for me, I think. I'm naturally yeah. a very, very slow reader. Like and um, and so, yeah, so that's... And also, like, I remember the first time I like, took a manuscript home and read it over the weekend just to decide not to publish it. I'm like, I worked over this weekend. And, now we're not doing the thing. <laughs> like, oh, uh-huh. editors do this all the time, don't they? Yeah. Um, so, um, it's uh, so there's definitely a learning process there, and learning, you know, learning how to read something that's not your. As an art director, nobody cares if you like or don't like a book. You yeah. know, and, and, yeah, and I true. don't. <laughs> and and, you, and to a degree, I don't care. Like, I obviously you want to work on books that you love, and um, but I just want to make a cool cover in the end. You know, it's, it's mm. so it, it it doesn't really matter. You know, it. it ultimately um but now to you know have to read a manuscript and say this is not the kind of book i normally read but is it good for what it is will it reach its audience it's not something i've ever had to do again i obviously editors do it all the time but that is a a thing i've needed to sort of well needed to learn that's assuming i've learned it by now but and again (laughs) I, i think once again i think you just rely on really good people and i say you know i'll talk to somebody on the team that may be more or less you know um appreciate one subgenre over another and to say, well, I thought these things, what do you think? And, and really just listen to what they have to say. Yeah. I mean, do you find though that you, because it does ultimately come down to your call, I, I guess, do you find that it still has to fall within a, at least a wheelhouse that you are comfortable with and that you understand or is it yeah, a case of, well, I mean, you know, go with that? Kind of. I mean, there's definitely things that I've, you know, said no to just because I've disagreed with one thing or another. Um, but, you know, as I say, I do try to sort of understand where the editor is coming from and where, you know, where the where their book is coming from and, and try to get sort of good counsel. Um, but, there, yeah, there are things where I'm just like, no, I'm just not feeling this one. And yeah. I think, you know, there'll be something like it but better, you know, that'll come along and inevitably something more exciting. <coughs> well, that, that, that tweaks so. a question about an editor's pain that I felt a number of times without necessarily naming anything or going into it. Are there ones that have gotten away that you look at afterwards and go, huh, look at that over there? Uh, you know, I don't think we're old enough to, to have that experience quite. Um, but I'm sure it's going. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, every, right? I mean, oh, who, how many people turned down Harry Potter and how many, mm. you know, I, I, I think we're absolutely going to, to have that. Um, uh, but it's just, we, we just haven't been around long enough yet. Yeah. I mean, I say that having bounced Hugo winners, so, you know. Uh, yeah, well, I don't doubt it. I don't, I, yeah, that'll be a, a, a pain I, I'm sure we'll feel. <laughs> well, um, I want to thank you for making the time to talk to us today. It's oh, absolutely. Been wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been delighted getting to work with, uh, with you for, for Tor.com, and I've adm- admired the work that you've done for a very long time. I think that well, thank um, you. what you've done with the website and with the Tor.com uh, publishing book line is more transformative than you're really admitting I think that there is more smarts and cleverness going into the art and the presentation and design 
and into the consistency of what goes out there than what you know, the, what you know, people ultimately see, then maybe is immediately apparent. I mean, I very much have come to see and value, I think, that evolution of Tor.com community into Tor.com publishing reading group, the expansion of what you're, what, what's been covered. And so I think it's been exceptionally clever and very valuable for the field. So, you know, I, I well, think it's a great thing. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that, and I really do, like, blame it all on the staff and, and just, as I say, <laughs> hire, hire really, you know, smart, clever, invested people, and that's uh, – uh, and hopefully that – Give them the room to do that, but I appreciate that, and I and we really appreciate all the books you've been bringing to right. us because they are tremendous. So, it's a, it's an honor to be working on them. Okay, well, thank you very much, Irene, and you know, thank you. I guess you may see Gary up at World Fantasy, and maybe maybe yeah. we we'll cross paths next year. I hope so. Yes, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, well, until then, right. thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.